0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sessions with Sid. Today I'm really excited to bring you my friend Joseph Illustrissimo. He is a mindset and movement specialist located right here with me in San Francisco. And his goal is to not only help people move better and move more pain-free, but also to inspire and educate professionals on how to find drive the goal of his business holistic hero is to help you reach your personal best in health work and happiness and it was such a treat because I got to interview him in person in my apartment which is really special because he has such an inviting and grounding energy, and ooh, he's such a soulful human, and it's really, really beautiful to be in the same space as him, and to share energy with him, and during this conversation, I felt like he was speaking to my soul, because he is so in a conversation when he's in a conversation. He's 100% present with you and really makes you feel seen and heard and isn't distracted by other things, and I so appreciate that when I am with someone else. And we talk about so many powerful topics in this episode just A few of those being finding your purpose and your glow and what that means. We talk about masculinity and how he views masculinity and how that plays out in his life and really redefining that. And we talk about vulnerability as strength. And bring up Brene Brown, who's one of our favorite people that talks about vulnerability. And we talk about mindset, going seven layers deep into your why, following your passion without fear, and being motivated by love. And how love is so important. We dive into religion and spirituality and so much more in this episode. And it was truly a treat to be able to record with Joseph in the same room. So I know that you're going to really enjoy today's episode. Without further ado, here we go. All right. I'm here with my friend Joseph And I'm really excited to have him on the podcast today. Joseph, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. It's such a beautiful day in San Francisco. Um, Me and Sid just went to do some animal flow in the park, and it's no better way to start off like the afternoon than just getting some sun and being able to move and connect on a lot of different levels. I'm grateful to be here.
0: Yeah, it was so wonderful being able to do that with you. Um, and we had some really great conversations before we started doing animal flow outside and we wanted to bring those into the podcast today. But before we do, can you maybe reintroduce yourself and tell us what you do and what you're passionate about?
1: All right, everyone. My name is Joseph Illustrisimo. I'm a personal trainer. I've been working in the fitness industry uh, for the past nine years. Um, But I'm passionate about a lot of other things like spirituality, um, creativity. I love photography, videography, and writing. But I believe that fitness and movement is my most creative space. So with my workouts, I try and blend creativity with strength um, and endurance. And just like to have fun out there and just really enjoy getting to know my body and uh, being able to help people. I think what I believe my purpose is is to... You know, be able to add value to the world through my own story and what I've experienced and be able to share that with the world. Um, I'm passionate about fitness because there's a quote that I heard before. It says, passion emerges from mastery. And it was one of the first things that I fell in love with and started to really grow in. And then that's why I was able to become passionate about it because my self-efficacy increased in it. Um, and I believe that's a big part of want it like being able to enjoy the things that we do
0: yeah thanks for sharing that with us and it definitely exudes out of your being um your energy your soul the content that you put out um, the way that you work with people the way that you communicate with people um it I feel that from you it encompasses your whole being that you're so passionate and that you really care about everything that you do and the people that you come into contact with. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you talk a bit about like what you've been up to during this time period that we're in, as far as you know how maybe your um, your business has evolved, how you've evolved, maybe. These are big questions, so you can maybe go with what you're called to, but Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think one of the most, I think it comes in phases, you know, Um, definitely when quarantine first, when we first started the shelter in place, I spent a lot of time just, you know, being able to, I guess, reflect on what it is that I wanted to do, who I want to be. And spent a lot of time like journaling on those questions as well. And there were all these dreams that I've had before in the past of, you know, being able to help people, not just in a one-on-one session and being in front of them, but being able to help people like all over the world and all over like social media networks, wherever they are. And I feel like being in a shelter in place has just propelled that forward, you know, has made me really have to, in a way, do the things that I already had on my heart to do. Um, So I'm in the process, and uh, it's an ongoing process of just redefining and reshaping the business that I want to create. So before, I wanted to just focus on personal training and fitness, and my original business name was Redefined Movement. And a big part of that was to redefine what it means to be strong. You know, because we look at strength in the fitness world as like, oh, being able to deadlift weight and uh, being able to get massive biceps and stuff. And I believe that is strength, right? But strength can also be like, how can you get through the situations that you have been going through? You know, and I feel like that's a lot of strength as well. So then finding out the values that we hold onto in our lives and being able to redefine those has been a big mission of mine. Because I feel like a lot of our lives, like our values don't serve us, you know, because our values are sometimes just passed down to us by media or by our family members. And if they're not serving us, we want to make sure that we can redefine them to make them work for us, not against us. A big part of my mission before And still is, is to redefine, you know, masculinity and what that means. And I feel like I have a unique opportunity working in the fitness industry to kind of like redefine in a way like what masculinity should be about. Because I look at all these people's lives and my life as well of how sometimes we might lack, you know, powerful male figures in our lives that are willing to believe in us, willing to encourage us. And a big struggle for me in fitness was, you know, finding great mentors in my life. And I think one of the best mentors in my life was someone who was just super open and very giving. And his name is, like, Billy Polson, and he's the owner of Diacati, him and his husband, Mike. And it was so cool because I found, like, there was no, like, battle of ego. You know, someone who just wanted you to succeed, wanted you to do well. And I feel like as men that could be like our main focus, you know? And I think a lot of times I see people's lives and I see, you know, my own life as well. I think we all have our own stories. Um, everyone has their own story. And a big story of mine was always wanting to be the best. You know, I always had this chip on my shoulder. And I think a lot of it comes from insec- insecurities and in my own past. But from Billy, I started to learn that, you know, we value greatness. As men, you know, being able to be at the top of whatever it is that you're at, if it's in a startup, if it's um, in the gym, you know, being the strongest person. And from Billy, I really realized that greatness is not about outshining other people around you, but greatness is about helping others find their glow. You know, Billy talks about something which is like your glow and it's like your positivity, your vibrance. And he has no real definition for it. And I think that's the funniest thing. But when you, look at it and when i see glow what i think of is when someone has so much passion for their life and their work and their purpose that they it starts the internal fire inside of them starts burning so brightly that it exudes into the external world as a glow and i feel like as men if we can find that glow in other people help them be great i think it'll be a good way to redefine what greatness means to us
0: wow as you were talking, like, I just felt, I don't know how to describe it, like, this energy that, like, your glow coming through, and it was really cool to, like, and I'm, I mean, I'm experiencing it throughout, but, like, that's what I was talking about at the beginning, um, about how your, your soul really exudes out of, like, everything that you do, and, like, Even just the way that we are sitting here, like, I feel so connected to you and I feel your passion and I feel, um, your care and in like everything you're saying. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like, thank you. I feel that glow from you. Um, and I don't know Billy that well, but from the couple of encounters I've had, like, I can tell he's such a special human. Like, um, and if you're listening, Billy, I'd love to to have more encounters with you. Um, Thank you for sharing all that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You hit on some, like, really important and powerful topics or sort of concepts in there, and Mm. wrote some of them down and would love to dive into them a bit more. Um, I mean, you talked about redefining masculinity Mm -hmm. and, and how people see masculinity as, like, being this, Like, I just have, like, this sound for it. It's Mm -hmm. just, like, this macho, I don't know,
1: um,
0: being who, like, pounds shit at the gym and, like, you know. But um, it's not always, that's not always what the masculine is. Like, what I've learned the masculine is and can be is, like, um, a lot of different things. And one of them being, like, the structure and kind of the container for, like, the feminine to feel safe, to yeah. exist. And what I'm kind of feeling from you is, like, you're very much in touch with your masculinity and the, like, healthier version of it. Of, um, like, being strong and being both mentally, physically, spiritually. But you're also very much in touch with your feminine energy in terms of like being vulnerable and being Mm -hmm. um, unafraid to uh, express yourself Mm -hmm. and um, being empathetic and compassionate. And that is just, ooh, it's so powerful to be in the presence of someone um, who has that balance.
1: Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. Definitely, I always tell people that I probably read more Brene Brown than a twenty-year-old female. <laughs> you know,
0: Brene is the, the best. Um, and like another thing that I was gonna ask you about, which sounded like you were talking about, and I thought of Brene Brown when you were talking, was like this idea of like strength being in tandem with vulnerability. Like I. Mm-hmm see strength, like, vulnerability as strength. Yeah. So I was going to ask you kind of how vulnerability ties into strength for you in, like, your mm-hmm. own life and, yeah. your, and your, the way that you do your business.
1: and. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like as, um, as a big part of, like, the redefining masculinity thing, one of the values that I wanted to redefine. So I did a talk at something called Imagine Talks before. Um, and what I wanted to touch on is – redefining different values in our lives. And, you know, that first one that we talked about earlier was greatness and how greatness is not about, like, outshining other people. It's about helping others find their glow. I think it's important to redefine that. And for me also, like, strength was something that I wanted to redefine too Um, because I love, like, I love mixed martial arts. You know, I love Muay Thai. I love powerlifting and stuff like that. I have a lot of respect for people who do that. But I started to really understand the more I started to live my life and did like internal work and um, I started to really see that, you know, strength is not about being unstoppable. I believe strength is about being vulnerable. And the way that I figured that out, as we were talking about the story earlier on In the Grass, was, you know, I had um, this friend who... You know, he was, he was homeless um, in a shelter uh, with his family, and I saw the way people treated him, and it really broke my heart. And, you know, he was outside of the gym that I train out of. There's a small, very close, where, you know, you can get burritos. There's a Trader Joe's and everything. And, you know, he was, asking, he was selling these treat sheets, so he's not directly asking people for help but then I saw the way that people treated him and they treated him as he was less than them. And I don't ever want anyone to feel like they're less than a human. Um, But I just noticed that and I was admired by how he was willing to be there no matter what it looks like, no matter how people treat him, that that was his way of taking care of his family. And I know no judgment to that because Everyone has their own way. Everyone has their own experience. Everyone has their own past, but I found a lot of strength in his vulnerability. And I started to look at my life and who I admired for their strength. And actually I always think about, you know, my cousin, J.R. De Guzman, who's this great comedian. Um, we grew up as like cousins. Yeah. But we're also like best friends at a lot of points in our lives. And he's one of the people who I can always go to um, if I'm struggling with anything. You know, he's one of the first people that I call. And it's because we allow us, we allow ourselves to be in an open space where we can talk about the issues that we're going through. We can talk about how we're feeling if, you know, a girl ghosts us or if we're trying to figure out like who we want to be with or other life stuff of building a career and, you know, feeling inadequate. With our own thoughts. And I know that vulnerability can be so scary, but when you create a safe space, it can be such a place where you find strength. And we're always gonna be stronger together. And to find someone else to build you up is so important. And, you know, I think, yeah, finding strength is being able to sit in your own stuff, sit in your own weakness, sit in your own problems. And be able to deal with it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that container of, like, I can create this space for myself to feel all of the things and not be afraid to go there or judge yourself for going mm-hmm. there. I think especially with men right it's like you are taught don't cry don't mm-hmm. show emotion yeah. like it's weakness like mm-hmm. all these other things that I'm not even going to say because some of them are just I feel like derogatory honestly yeah. um but to me like seeing like a man be able to be vulnerable and like to cry and to have feelings like that to me is so powerful and much more like attractive than somebody pretending like yeah I'm I've got this like okay. I don't cry and I don't feel mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> you're bullshitting everybody yeah. and yourself <laughs> like yes you do we all do definitely um and so I'm so glad you brought this up, because it's so important, I think, especially right now, like, the way that the world is, is, Mm -hmm. like, at least from a spiritual perspective, um, we are basically being forced into our feminine energy um, more, because we have all been in this, like, masculine energy of do, 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 and Mm -hmm. produce, and don't take breaks, and, like, you know, um, just kind of this go over go world and now we've literally been forced to just chill the fuck out. Yeah. And there is a quote I heard about like Mother Earth has like sent us all to our rooms to like think mm-hmm. about what we've done and yeah. I just think that is so fitting for like the feminine mother earth um mm-hmm. being like hey like you need to be enforced quiet and forced um like distancing physically to be able to look inward and to be Definitely. able to feel all the shit that you've been covering mm-hmm. up with work and yeah. whatever else you're doing
1: mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree with that. Um, I don't know if you know the poet named young Pueblo Yeah yeah I feel like he has really good work and one of the things that I truly liked a lot about him was that when I saw him talk at LinkedIn, one of the things that he said was he was like, you know, my name is not Pueblo. And I thought it was so cool, you know, like if his name was Pueblo, because it's, it's like a Kanye album, you know, yeah. Young Pueblo. Um, yeah. But what he said was that his name was Diego. And what Pueblo means is, a Young Pueblo means is young people. And he was talking about how if we start to do the internal work on ourselves, then we would stop having violence. You know, we'd stop having sexual abuse and all these issues that manifest because we're not working and looking internally at what's truly going on, what's truly affecting us.
0: Yeah. Like, 100%. It's so true. Like, the shadows that we don't want to look at mm-hmm. and the feelings that are really icky and um, now we have no choice but to like yeah. to feel those things we don't have things or as many things to draw them out um, what what do you say to like I mean I don't want to just say like what would you say to like you know um, male identifying people listening but like really to anybody but like about you know if they're struggling with how to express themselves, or like, I just described it as like being more in the feminine of like feeling and not being afraid of that.
1: Yeah. Um you're good. So, can you go over that question again? Yeah,
0: sorry. I'm sorry. Um. So basically, for male identifying people who might be listening but also like really for anyone mm-hmm. who's like afraid to um kind of i guess get out of their masculine and more to the yeah. feminine of like feeling and being vulnerable um mm-hmm. and they're like well ha- how do I do that or like i'm afraid or definitely yeah
1: yeah i think on the practical side there's a lot of things that you can do and um I feel like it happens when you ask questions, you know, you ask questions. What do you, what do you want to do in the world? Who do you want to be? And I feel like so often we're not really asking our questions to do the deep work and what truly drives us. So I feel like, um, I'm doing this business course with this guy named Rob Dial. His podcast is called the mindset mentor. And on the first day of our course, what he did was he taught us how to journal And he taught us how to do this deep work. And it's funny because, you know, if you go to a therapist, I know you're a therapist. It's like, I've gone to my therapist and I love her. But it's like, there's so many times, like halfway through the session, she keeps asking me questions. I'm like, dude, can you just stop asking me questions? Like I pay you this much money so you can tell me the answers of what I need to do. But when they're asking you these questions, they're guiding you. And they're helping you truly find the answers that you're looking for, what you need. So I feel like what we need to do is we need to be able to ask ourselves, you know, what is it, like, who do you want to be in the world? You know, what is your business about? What is your work about? What is your life about? You know, and why is it that way? You know, like, what do you truly value? And I feel like one of the most helpful things that I've learned in journaling is about going seven layers deep, seven layers deep into something. Um, so what that looks like is just asking questions until you ask yourself seven questions and you find out true answers. And I'll give you an example for mine. So on the first time, the first day of my business course, um, I had to ask myself, you know, why am I doing this course? Okay. And the first thing I said is like, all right, I want security. I want financial security i want to be able to provide for myself and make an impact and add value to people and i think that's so good but it's so shallow you know i feel like so many people have that um intention you know and i started asking like all right well why do i not feel like that way now you know and then i would talk about how i feel like, I just don't really believe in myself. I don't think I'm where I'm at, where I should be, you know? And then I would be like, all right, well, why do you not feel like that way? Why do you not feel like you are where you should be? And I just started realizing, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, how I'm perceived by my family and how, I'm perceived by, how I perceive myself. And I just don't really, I wasn't really seeing myself as successful and in my own power, And if my family ever told me, like, hey, like, why don't you try being, like, a nurse? Why don't you try being, like, an x-ray technician or something like that? I felt like it was them almost not believing in me. And it was something where I had this chip on my shoulder where I was like, oh, no, I need to prove them wrong, you know? I need to, like, succeed so I can be like, all right, this is what I was able to accomplish, you know, and tell my dad, tell my brother and stuff like that, like, look at me, you know? And then... I started to really realize when I was like, well, why does their validation matter to you? You know, why does that matter? And I started to really realize that the underlying cause was because I wanted to make them proud of me. You know, I wanted to make my dad proud of who I was and what I'm able to accomplish and the things that I'm doing. And it's not that he wasn't ready. It's not that he wasn't ready. That was just a story that I was telling myself that he wasn't. And... I found when I got deep, I was like on the sixth question that I started to really realize that I wanted to be motivated by love and not um, frustration, not bitterness. Because before I was motivated by bitterness and wanting to move forward and to prove things with a ship on my shoulder. But what was truly more motivating in these past few weeks was just being able to be like, No, I want to do this for you. Like, I want to do this for my family. And just being moved by love. And just knowing the business that I want to build, it was all about other people and who I want to impact. And that's what's going to drive us. You know, when you can go into that internal work and ask yourself these questions, you're going to succeed more. You know, you're going to be a better man. You're going to be a better human. You're going to be a better worker because you're going to find purpose. You know, and a lot of times when we find our purpose that's bigger than us, you know, I want, I have, I was watching this video that I made um, a few years ago where I went to this orphanage in Vietnam on this mission trip. And I remember I left there thinking that I was going to give to these kids, but I remember I got so much more back in return because I left with a dream that I wanted to be able to let these kids know who feel like they had nothing, that they matter, and that they have value. And it just it was one of the most powerful experiences for me because I left there with a dream. And I left there with motivation. And that's what wakes me up before my alarm clock is to know that I want to be able to provide for these kids. I want to be able to teach them fitness. I want to I have these big dreams. And when you do that internal work, you ask yourself these questions, figure out why things matter. It's going to affect you so much more than you could ever understand.
0: I feel like you're just like speaking to my soul. Um, Yeah. um, uh, I mean, just like everything you said was so powerful and this idea of being motivated by love. I mean, That that's incredibly powerful, like, to realize, like, you know, my motivator, it has to come from love, which is, I mean, love is the highest vibration energy. Mm. And, like, I was just thinking as you were talking how there's so many things that people do that aren't motivated by love. And, like, I'm included in that of, like, you know, why am I doing this certain thing like Mm -hmm. is it because I hate myself is it because whatever is it for someone else but like when what you're saying is like you you need to be motivated by love like at at the core to do I think anything Mm -hmm. um and you really started making me think about like what are the things that I'm doing that aren't motivated by love or like you know, and and how can I shift those into like I'm doing this mm-hmm. because I love myself, because I love yeah. someone else, because I love the world. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that that's really really powerful, and I think is gonna make people really think um, yeah. about what they're doing and how Definitely. incredible um, you left with this bigger sense of purpose.
1: Yeah. I mean, going back onto the redefining masculinity thing, that was actually a perfect lead-up to the last value that I wanted to shift in my life um, in order to be a better man, be a better person. And uh, I might go a little deep here, but... Do it. That value that I wanted to redefine is that love is not a sign of weakness. Love is our most powerful gift. And, yeah, basically, I'm a huge mama's boy. All right? And that's what really drives me, and makes me want to treat women well because I was a really big mama's boy and I used to do everything with my mom I we'd go grocery shopping together and um go to like the driving range and all that kind of stuff and uh I think the thing that's tough is that you think these people are going to be in your life for eternity for your whole entire life you know and then um For me what was challenging was that i was never able to tell my mom how much i loved her how much i cared about her if i were in church on a catholic service on sundays i couldn't give her like a kiss on the cheek really because i felt like what i knew about being a man was you don't show that you know you don't show that love you don't show that kindness but i remember like my mom was like one of the greatest people i've ever known And I remember when she was in the hospital, she was in the ICU when I was 15. And she was in the ICU for three months. And I remember I prayed one day and I was like, God, I don't know why this happens. You know, why us, why me, why my mom? She's so great. And I prayed a prayer. I was like, God, I don't even know if you exist. You know, why would you do this to my mom? Why would you do this to me? And after I prayed that prayer, My mom was in a coma for three months, but she was awake for three days. And that was Christmas Eve, Christmas, and the day after Christmas. And I don't know what that might be. It could be a coincidence, but I was like, God, what the heck? And I remember that was about 13 years ago now. Or, yeah, about 13 years ago now. And this past year, earlier on, my cousin was talking to me. And he was like, you know, it was my my mom's death anniversary, January fifteenth, And he talked to me and he was just like, I'll always remember your mom's last words to me. And she was in a coma. She was just got out of a coma. She could barely follow us. And we had to feed her water on these tubes. But then he, she brought him in close and she said, I'm so proud of you. You're so handsome. I'm so proud of the man that you're becoming. And even as shallow as that seems, these words stuck with him for the rest of his life because they were moved by love. And I feel like that's the power of love and that experience that you can pass on to someone in a feeling. It's the most powerful gift that you can ever give somebody. And what breaks my heart the most is in this time where my mom was on her last few days in her Um, outside of her coma, being conscious. I wasn't able to say, I love you. I wasn't able to be like, I love you so much. Thank you for everything you've done for me. And like, I wish that I can give anything to be in those moments again, to be in front of her and to say, you know, I love you so much. Thank you for who you created me to be. Thank you for guiding me in my life and being this, mom the best mom I could ever ask for but I couldn't and I just wish I don't want anyone to ever have to experience that I want us to be able to love like there's no tomorrow and I want us to be able to be moved by that because that's what's going to change our lives and that's going to change the way we view ourselves
0: thank you so much for sharing that wow and she I'm sure she she knows that. She I believe she's with you and she hears that. And she knows that and I totally agree that love is is the most important thing. Like um like just sitting here with you I feel that vibration of love you know like Mm. it's everywhere it's it's when we're with our close friends it's when we're when we have a moment of compassion for somebody who is living on the street like that's Mm. love yeah um it's you know looking in when i'm looking into the eyes of my my cat when we animals like that's all love everything Mm -hmm. is love but yeah. I think the idea people think when they think of love is like, you know, um, you're like in a relationship with someone and you love them or a family member and you mm-hmm. love them. And like, yeah, that's also love. But, and then people make a big deal about love. Like, yeah. Oh, saying, I love you. It's such a big deal. And it's like, no, it's like one of the greatest gifts that you can give someone. Like, mm-hmm. Why, are, why do we make such a big yeah. deal about that? Definitely. And Oh, what does that mean? Like, does it have to mean something? It's like, No, it's just, it's just is, it's love, you know, it it doesn't need to like mean something. It can just be, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Wow. So powerful. I just like, I don't know, just like sitting in that feels, Mm -hmm. um, like the best thing when you're just sitting in that space. Yeah. I appreciate you being here. And, of course. Uh, um, and like, where do we even go from here? That was just such a, such a powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we can shift gears a little bit. Uh, I don't know. i just I'm like, we need to sit in this.
1: <laughs> I feel like it goes back to our talk that we're having earlier about spirituality.
0: Yeah. You yeah. Know,
1: we're talking about, spirit because we're both spiritual people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like that's what drives us.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah, let's, let's weave into that. Um, we were having this really amazing conversation before we did our Animal Flow outside about, like, religion and spirituality, and, you know, how, like, religion can have these, like, dogmatic views, and, and cast people away, and, and, yeah, um, would you be willing to share maybe a little bit about, like, your experience with that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... I think that's where my like love for people comes from you know it was because I believe that I'm loved I believe that I matter and I feel like faith is about something where it's not always gonna make sense you know you can look at your life like right now with this coronavirus and this quarantine there's so much going on right um, it's like it's not about having the right answers it's about like having a faith in things are going to work out you know things are going to work out at the end of the day and for me my faith was gone through different waves you know it's like very complicated thing because it's so out there and it's such a personal um, subject as well so I grew up Catholic and I grew up Going to church every Sunday and like being an altar boy in elementary school and putting on the robe and everything, you know? But I was pretty agnostic and I just didn't really care. I didn't really care if there was something out there. Um, and I think that was just saying more about me than religion because I didn't think my life had a purpose. I didn't think my life had meaning. Um, and I did a, t- a video about this the other day where you know, the story that we tell ourselves can fully change our future and the way we see ourselves. So one of our Catholic retreats, it was this freshman retreat. I just got into this new school. It's like Jesuit high school, college preparatory, you know, and like you wear your uniform and all this. And my I have an older brother who's always been really smart, always been really working hard in school and sports and everything. And I just wanted to play video games and just coast so my parents could see that and when I went to this retreat they're supposed to write you a letter it's supposed to be encouraging and positive and motivating and when I read it maybe it was but what they said was like wow we're surprised you got in you know we're surprised that you made it in we knew that your brother would make it in basically and we're surprised that you did but congrats you know." So then that's a story that I told myself. I told myself the story that I was an underachiever. I told myself the story that I wouldn't amount to anything and that I didn't have high hopes for my life. Until I found like my faith and God and believing in something bigger than myself. I mean, I I do identify as a Christian, but very different from I never really related to Christian churches. You know, so it's been a a struggle there. But I want to, yeah, I believe that everybody in the world has value. Everyone in the world is created. And I think that's what my faith is about. My faith is about having a belief that I was created and not just existing. That I was created for purpose and not just coasting through life. And I think that's what drives me is like, knowing that there is a God or believing that there is a God who created me and saw me as good, saw me as beautiful and made me for this life. You know, I think that's so much more driving than just walking through life, just existing and not knowing what my purpose is. And my intention for everybody is that they can look at their life and they don't have to be prescribing to a certain religion you know but just believing that you were created believing that you're created for love with love created with purpose on purpose and i think that will change you and change the way you view yourself
0: yeah um i totally agree with you i really believe in you know, that, and everyone has kind of different beliefs and nuances to like how, but I do believe that we are all here in physical mm-hmm. form um, for a reason. There's a purpose. Yeah. Um, there's a, a reason why your soul, I mean, if, and not everyone believes they have souls, but my belief is we all have souls and that your soul is in your body for a reason, my soul is in my body for a yeah. reason, and we have a purpose here on Definitely. in this physical plane. Mm -hmm. And, um, like you, I'm really passionate about, you know, helping, guiding others to find their purpose and their sense of purpose, because I know what it's like to not have a sense of purpose, like to really be, and I'm wondering if you relate, but just kind of being in this really existential place where you're just Mm -hmm. like, what is the point why am I even here? Definitely. This doesn't make sense. hmm And how important and life-changing it is to have that sense of purpose. Yeah. Like, when you left um, your mission trip with, like, a, a real sense of purpose. Yeah. Like, everyone deserves that. And everyone has that. For sure. Um, and finding that can be really hard. But when you do, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I get it. This is why I'm here.
1: Yeah. And it
0: just changes everything. Definitely. Like,
1: Yeah, and I think one of the crazy things about that is that can be scary. And it can be scary for a lot of people that, you know, good things are scary. Good things like success, good things like purpose and your mission. And I believe that when you find that purpose and that mission, what's going to also come in conjunction with that is shifting your paradigm. For what you believe that you're worth, what you believe you're capable of, you know, because we all have our own paradigm. And I guess it's like our tipping point. You know, if we go above our level of success, it scares us and we'll destroy it. You know, if we go above our level that we believe, like the money that we believe that we deserve, we're going to destroy it. You know, so how do we? That's why we ask these questions. What do we really deserve? Why do we deserve that? How can we feel more deserving? What do we need to do in order to be more deserving? You know, or how can we feel like we are more deserving? You know, I don't think it's about earning it. Um, It's about asking yourself the right questions that are empowering to you to make you really understand why you deserve good things.
0: Yeah, and believing that. Yeah truly believing that
1: mm-hmm. can be
0: so hard for some reason definitely yeah Yeah. because of all those stories
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and then again that all comes back to love like self-love yeah which for some reason is like the hardest kind
1: yeah i agree with you
0: we're also mean to ourselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: me included i've been struggling with this lately and working with clients that struggle with it and Sometimes I feel like a hypocrite. I'm, like, helping them how to love themselves, and I'm, like, over here, like, not really feeling that for myself, and, like, trying to get back into alignment of, like you said, being motivated by love, like, am I having this alcohol because I hate myself, or, like, am I coming from an energy of love, and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: those are completely different spaces. With you. Yeah, wow. Um, I want to be mindful of your time. Um, I'm curious if hey, don't
1: worry about it, keep going love longer. Okay.
0: If you have other messages that you that resonate with you lately, like that you talk about with, um, you know, with clients or with, you know, I, I love your videos, you know, I love that you have this side of you that isn't just all about like fitness, but like that Mm -hmm. it really is about all of this really important work and like energy.
1: Um, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. Has there been anything else that's been up for you lately that you wouldn't mind sharing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, two things that I I really want to touch on. And the first one is letting psychology be the reason why you find your drive, find your motivation. Um, It's all about that first, you know, because I teach group fitness with a startup called Drift and I've taught at many other businesses as well for, know group fitness and it's funny because you watch these snl skits where it's like there's this one like snl soul cycle at home where you say like oh, everyone has their own lines you know mine's like you got this keep going <laughs> you know like you're stronger than you think and we all have these things that we're willing to say at any moment sometimes just to fill up the silence yeah. you know and just to try and motivate people but i feel like what's going to motivate people more is understanding, you know, the purpose behind it. Um, one of the things that I have uh, truly been thinking about that helps people find motivation and drive is I like to think of things as a journey. So I, my thing was to make your make your goals a journey, not a destination. Right, so I've been working in the fitness industry for years and a lot of times people will set these goals of like, I'm going to lose 2% body fat in this month and, you know, drop five pounds. And I think those are great goals, but I think they're more better utilized as waypoints that you are losing body fat. That shouldn't necessarily be your goal to set that concrete thing, but it should more be about, oh, I just want to change my body. You know, I just want to be able to get stronger. And not have to think about what that strength is going to look like. You know, not putting a number on it, like bench pressing 275 or something. It can be like, oh, I want to get stronger, but how much stronger can I get? You know, and falling in love with the journey. Because at the end of the day, our motivation is a lot of times driven by our dopamine. Right? And it's like dopamine is this hormone or this neurotransmitter that is going to get released when we're working towards something. Right? So if I want to read a book, I'm trying to finish this book, I'm going, to get, I'm going to get this dopamine release that's going to drive me and motivate me to finish that book. But when that book is finished, the dopamine release is not that high. It's not that long-lived. So we go on to the next thing. So if we can make it into this chase, because dopamine is going to get more released when you're on this chase and this pursuit. Finding joy in the pursuit is going to bring you so much more satisfaction, so much more drive and lasting motivation than um, setting your goal as that waypoint, you know? Yeah.
0: Wow. I mean, I just, I keep saying this, but like everything that you're saying is so powerful and just like very hitting, like hitting me in this very deep place where I'm just like, wow, wow. I, it's like things that I might have known before, but like you're reminding me in a way that I'm like, wow, I haven't thought about this in this way. And like how much of our lives is like getting to the next thing, Mm -hmm. but then it's not satisfying because we're always reaching for the next thing. But what I'm kind of hearing you say is like, Yeah, you can reach for stuff, but, like, don't just be tunnel vision and, like, just Mm -hmm. reach for that thing, but, like, enjoy the journey getting to that, like, to stop, number one. And then you can set goals after that, but, like, if you're enjoying the process instead of just, like, okay, I'm trying to get to that place, Mm -hmm. then it's it's more fun and you can be like in more of a flow to get mm-hmm. there. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one of my favorite quotes is by this guy named Sean Stevenson, who has like this model health show. Podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's great. Totally. Right. Yeah. I remember listening to his podcast before and the quote that he said that really resonated with me is that it's not just about the pursuit of happiness. It's about the happiness and the pursuit. So fall in love with the journey. Hmm. I love that oh yeah the last thing that i want to share actually mm-hmm. yeah i think we can end on this for um, sure i know that we're in a tough time with COVID 19 and a worldwide pandemic that shifted everything in our lives you know i think there's no way that your life was not affected because it's affected by the people that you know it's affected by work and the way that we even do things in our culture it's changed us and it's changed everything in our society in one way or another. And I find like, there's so much negativity right now and it's just a really tough time. And I know that we've all had our tough moments in the quarantine. We were talking about this earlier. We've all had our tough moments in the quarantine. For me, I've been like, i lost like a lot of my clients, you know, and having to really shift over to doing things online and to change what I want my business to be about has been a big shift for me. And it's been a challenge. But I think one of my biggest challenges when I hit like rock bottom was when I tried to turn on my computer one day and I use it for everything now. I use it for creating programs. I use it for creating videos. um, I use it for leisure, for YouTube and all these different things that I get joy out of as well. And it just stopped working. And I was like, what the heck, you know, like out of all the times this could happen, why does it need to happen now? And I had to look into like buying a new computer and it's like at least 800 bucks, you know, $1,000 for a used one. And finally, I found one online. I had to think about it and sit with this. And I was just like, I looked at my bank account and all the money I already spent, all the money that I wasn't making. And I was like, I guess I got to like take this bet on myself, you know, and I made the choice to buy this computer, but on the way over there, I was just praying and I was just like, God, like, why does my life have to be so hard? You know, why does it have to be so hard right now as well? You know, why this challenge, why can't I just be given this life where I can just coast and just continue to just live my life and do whatever I need to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was to the point where I was almost just crying, driving to buy a computer that would be such a blessing to other people. When we buy things, it's supposed to give us joy. But I was feeling sorrow. And I remember I was just thinking about that. And I remember on my computer, one of the last videos that I watched that weekend was this video about this home, this guy, name. I think his name was like... Uh, I forget his name, I'll have to find the video, but it's about him going up to things like Samir or something, him going up to this homeless man who was on the side of the street and he had this sign. And this guy went up to him and he was just like, hey, I see your sign and I just want to talk to you about something that I see on your sign every single day. You're here every single day. I want to talk to you about what I see here. And he was just like, okay, the homeless man said. And he was just like, why does your sign say, kill me? Why does your sign say, kill me? And he was just like going to this thing where he was feeling so much pain. He could feel it. And he said, because nobody cares. Every day it's the same thing. Nobody cares about me. Nobody's willing to hear me out. And he was just like, I'm willing to hear you out. You know, I'm here right now. Like, I'm willing to listen to you. Whatever you want to tell me, I'm here for you. And I want to listen to you. And he starts listening off all these problems that he's been having. And, you know, his struggles, and they were so big and so true, and everyone has their own struggles. And then the guy who made the video, he just pulls out three things, and, you know, he's just talking to him. He was like, Hey man, like, I have three things here. I want you to make a choice. I have this poison. I have this money. And I have this food. What choice do you want to make? And the homeless man looks at him and says, give me the poison. Give me the poison. I don't want to do this anymore. And he was just like, really, man? Like, after a whole conversation of you stepping back on your feet, wanting to make this work, you want that. Are you sure about that? And he was just like, I'm going to let you have one more choice, and I know you're going to do this right. What is your choice? And he said, fine, the homeless man said. I choose life. I choose life. And he started to think about that how that's such a beautiful thing to choose life because we always have a choice. And when you choose life, what that means is that you tell yourself, no matter what tomorrow looks like, I'm going to wake up anyway. When you choose life, you tell yourself, no matter what my bank account looks like, I don't know what opportunities I have in front of me. I'm going to find a a way to make it work. We all have two kidneys. Mm -hmm. We have all these things that we can make. You know, if <laughs> worse comes to worse, we can make it work. Mm-hmm. And one of the most powerful things that I've heard by this pastor named Erwin McManus is that, his name is Erwin McManus, um, he pastors a church called Mosaic. He has a book called Chasing Daylight. And he talks about how the most spiritual decision that we could ever make in our lives is to choose. The most spiritual decision we can ever make in our lives is to choose. So when you choose life, you choose to make it work. When you choose life, you choose to have faith. And when you choose life, you make the most important decision you'll ever make in your life.
0: Hmm. That that has to be where we end. I mean, I'm not even gonna say anything else. Like, thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for sharing your heart and your soul. Like, I truly felt that, um, throughout this entire interview, and I know everyone else is going to feel that from you, um, and I'm sure everyone's going to want to know where to find you. Um, can you please tell everyone where all the places are that they can connect with you and work with you if they feel called to? Yeah,
1: definitely. So my main medium right now is Instagram, um, I post a lot of videos on IGTV, and, uh, fitness tutorials. I'm into fitness, nutrition, as well as holistic lifestyle living. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at underscore Joseph Gabriel, underscore again. Um, and you can also look at look for me on my website at www.holistichero.life. Um, the holistic hero part. I don't know if we touched on that
0: earlier, yeah, but can... holistic
1: hero is not about me being somebody's hero. Mm-hmm but it's about me being your guide to reaching your personal best in health, work, and happiness so that you can be the hero in your own story.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you.
1: Appreciate you too. Thank you. I love you, girl.
0: Love you.